Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, we come before you tonight and we thank you. We ask, Lord, that in your kindness and in your mercy, that as we come to this season, as we come to tonight, that Father Almighty God, you enable us to learn something that changes our lives. Open your word to us, Father. Let us have fun. Let us have a great time of fellowship. And may your name be glorified. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, my Father. And we genuinely glorify you. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. And amen. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so what we're going to do tonight, it's how God can use one verse, one, a small chunk of scripture to explain a very, very big subject. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from, and hopefully it will, it will help you in your Bible study as you go on. So I'm going to read from the Bible and I'm going to read from the book of Genesis chapter one, and I'm going to read three verses. I'm going to read 26, 27, and 28. Um, 26, 27, and 28. And what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, as we look at the subject of, of achievement, we're going to break down, we're going to, I'm going to show you um, in the Bible how sometimes when you have a verse of scripture, that one verse of scripture will give you a whole load of information that can cover one subject and so that's what i'm going to do so i'm going to read i'm just setting my screen up let me get that right and i'm going to read from the amplified classic version of the bible so i'm going to be reading from the amplified classic version of the bible um so that's genesis 1 and i'm going to read from verses 26 and i'm going to read to verse 28 the Bible says the following, God said, let us father, son, and Holy spirit make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of the, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, as we come to the Bible, using this Bible verse as our platform, we're going to look at the subject of achievement. And I'll explain why we're looking at the subject of achievement as we go on. The reason we're doing that is for many of us in this particular season, we're going to be asked to do something new. We're going to be asked to achieve something or attempt something that we may not normally have attempted outside of the seasons that we're in, um, which is typically, we'll use the, the phrase pandemic. And because of that, these script, these foundational scriptures, what they give us is what we call a template, a template. So we can look at these scriptures and we realize that, Lord, this is how you want us to do something when you want us to achieve when you want us to achieve a particular goal, a particular thing, or a particular task. Why do I say that? These are the first instructions that God gives to his creation. Um, you'll notice in Genesis 1.26, God creates man. 120, he lays out his project plan in verse 27. He um, creates, um, he begins the process of creation. And verse 28 is when he enables us to achieve something. And so we're going to have a look at that and we're going to use that as our foundation. And so 
the first thing we're going to have a look at is what has God done for us? So let's have a look at Genesis 1.26. Okay. And the Bible says, and I'll read from the Old King James just to, to balance it out. And the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. The first thing I want you to realize about um, that God points us to from these scriptures is this. God has made you and I like him. And you'll notice something about God, and I want you to please take this to heart, is this. When God sets out to do something, he achieves it. It becomes a reality. And so the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And so what that means is personality and character that's in our image, that's we are made like him and after our likeness so that we may function like him. And that, so what I want you to realize is this, when God attempts something, he achieves it. And I'll, I'll give you an example. If you have a look at Genesis 1, reading from Genesis 1, from verses 1 to 26, and I'm not going to read through it, but it gives you the foundation. God was faced with a challenge. He was faced with what we call a catastrophe. What we could call is something had broken down. You find that in Genesis 1, verse between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2. And then he begins to recreate the world that we know today, which is so amazing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing I wanted to do is just encourage you. And the encouragement is very simple. God has made you like him. And so what we're about to look at is this is, so God has made you like him. And one of the things that, about God that I want you to remember is God has enabled you to do what he does. Very, very simple scripture. So the first thing I want you to remember about achievement is let's focus on what has God done already. He's made you like him. How do I know that? Um, if you can turn in your Bibles um, to Matthew chapter 22, and I'll read four verses, three or four verses, and Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. I'm watching the time. We will stop at um, just at 14 minutes past, and we'll do our declaration. But Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. Um, I'll read those from the modern King James. Okay, so what has God done for us already? That's the first thing we want to identify. And, it, and the Bible says this, and Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then the Bible says, and the second is like it, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What has God done for you before he, before he set you in to confront what you are confronting? What has, or what has he done? There are three things he's given you. Number one, um, the Bible says God has given you a heart in other sections uh, Romans 10 verse 10, other sections, Romans 10 verse 10, the Bible says that for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Very simple fact. Why is that important? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm, I'm going to keep this really short because of time. I'm going to keep this really short because of time. Um, okay, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, our base scripture is Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 okay all right um so matthew 22 37 to 40 we're looking at verse 37 the, the thing we're looking at just just as a recap ladies and gentlemen just before we do our declarations um just before we do our declarations is this we're looking at so what has god done already that's the first thing we want to understand about achievement is god has already done something already and that is he's made you like him three parts of you that have the capacity for you to function just like God. And he breaks them down in Matthew 22, 
37 to 40. The Bible says the first thing God gave you is your heart. Why is your heart so special? Your heart has the capacity to believe, to accept something as true with or without evidence. The second thing the Bible says, he's given you your soul, that which you make decisions with. Your soul also holds your emotions, your intellect, and your will. Those three things, and that allows you to interact with the world that you are in. So the first one, uh, Matthew 22, not 21, Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. Okay, are we together? Um, so let me pause. Let me pause there and we'll take a declaration. So let me go to Second Chronicles. Okay, fantastic. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declarations now and then we'll go on from there. O oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray, and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So quick recap. The first thing we're looking at is in this particular season, God will have, God is going to ask many of us to do something that we've never done before. We're going to have to do something new. We're going to have to do something we haven't attempted before. And so today we're looking at all the things that will give you the confidence to confront those that particular whatsoever it is and so we're looking at achievement what am i showing you today just i'm just doing a quick recap for anybody who has just logged on quick recap is this we are looking at the things that god has done and we're looking at sometimes when god will encapsulate within two or three scriptures a particular pattern and a set of principles that will enable you to apply them time and time again to get the same result. And so we're looking at achievement. Achievement is wide. But ladies and gentlemen, so we're looking at the things that will give you the edge, that will give you the ability to confront something new, something unusual, and even, ladies and gentlemen, something impossible. We'll come to that in a moment. So the first thing we looked at, I'm just doing a quick recap. The first thing we looked at is what has God done for you already? And we turned to Matthew chapter 22, reading from verses 37, the full verses 37 to 40, but we're focusing on verse 37. What has God done for you? He's given you three things, your heart, your soul, and your mind. Let me explain why that those three are important. And the Bible says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, quoting from the King James. Why is that important? Your heart gives you the capacity to believe. Your soul gives you the capacity to decide and make decisions, interact with your world in such a way so that you can make changes. Your mind gives you the capacity to interpret information, accurate information and knowledge so that you literally can create something that has never been created before. So those three things give you the qualities that God literally has in himself. And so, ladies and gentlemen, why, why is that so important? You are confronting a situation that God has confronted. God confronted situations that weren't, weren't what he wanted, and he took himself from where that place was to where he wanted to be, and that's how it's going to happen for you. Um, yes, I can do the soul again. The soul, ladies and gentlemen, is your ability to decide. So your soul holds your intellect, your emotions, and your will. Your mind, so your soul holds your intellect, your emotions, and your will. The, combi the combination of those three things give you the ability to make decisions. Um, the scripture that you will use there, and I'll find it for you, is the soul... Uh, let me pull it up. 
let me Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 let me just pull that up really quickly so I can explain so okay Genesis 2 verse 7 the Bible says in Jehovah formed the Jehovah God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul literally you can make that means you can make decisions you can decide what does that mean it holds your intellect your emotions and your will your mind is the third thing that god has given you and your mind has three functions it has the function of ability to picture the past your memory the ability to picture the future your imagination and your ability to understand the invisible which is the ability to perceive perception why are all these three things important they're important because that gives you the capacity to imagine touch or create something that is not yet physical so you can interact with the invisible and make it visible so the first thing that god has given you and ladies and gentlemen i want you to realize is this god has equipped you to succeed the bible says let us make man in our image and after our likeness the things that make god god those are the three things that summarize who you are um all of these um so that's who you are okay so what has god given you he's given you the capacity to interact with the invisible and the yet uncreated so the ideas and we're coming to that in a moment. The ideas, the hopes, and aspirations that you hold, God has given you the ability to cause them to come to pass. He's given you the ability to interact with him, your creator, so that you can bring to pass your dreams, your aspirations, and your goals. So the first thing I want you to realize is God has already done a major amount for you already. So that's summarized. And the Bible, you find that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Those areas are all things that God has done. So let's go to verse 28. Now, so let's look at the steps of achieving a goal, uh, a goal, a task, or a hope, an aspiration, a plan. These all apply. Okay. So Genesis 1, 28. Um, the Bible says the following. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, and God blessed them. I'm going to break it down. And so this is what I wanted to show you today. Um, and this is one of the benefits of studying the Bible. Sometimes God will pack into one verse things that you need to understand to understand a larger picture. This is one of those verses. So let's have a look at the things that God did for mankind at the very beginning when he wanted him to achieve to overcome to become something the first thing the bible says is and god blessed them now let's please keep this in mind what is a blessing the bible says and god blessed them he literally took a part of himself and he transferred it to you and i Everybody on, on this call, you have a gift or a skill. We call it a blessing. It's an endowment from God that enables you to do or achieve something special. Everybody is gifted. Now, and I'll give you an example. Um, and so I want you to realize, so as you confront your task, Second thing I want you to realize is you have already been blessed. The word blessing is where God enables you to do something that he has done. The Bible says, and God blessed them. He enabled them. Um, you'll notice the word, you'll find the word all over the Bible, and I'll, I'll keep it very short. But let's have a look 
at one particular um, example. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6. And that's the reason I'm picking on that one. It explains what a blessing is like. I'm going to read from the modern King James. The Bible says, Zechariah 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spoke to me, saying, This is the word of Jehovah to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Jehovah of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the top stone with shoutings, grace, grace to it. That's where we, so Zechariah 4, 6, and 7. And then the Bible says, you can, you can go on to read that. It's fun to read, but so Zechariah 4, 6, and 7, you can go on to read verses 8 and 9 for your own study, but let's focus on 6 and 7. What am I saying? I'm saying that the ability to achieve what you are dreaming of, you have received an endowment, a gift, a skill, or an ability that sets you apart. Now, whenever God wants you to do something, he will build the task he gives you around that gift, skill, or ability. He will place it within you. And I'll put it into a phrase because I want to go forward quite quickly. Please remember this. Um, what you will do for free, they will eventually pay you the most for what you would do for free. They will eventually pay you the most for. Why am I saying that? That's why the Bible says it is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. There's an endowment. There's something that God has enabled you to do. So whatever you're going, when you're going to achieve something, focus, what is your core gift, your core skill? What is it? What has God placed within you that you can do that others will do? And I'll give you an example. I watch my, I'll use my wife as an example. My wife does a lot of art um, and she'll start with a blank piece of paper. And I'll be sitting there watching her in amazement. And then all of a sudden I will watch as she causes the most amazing image to come out of a piece of paper. It's very similar to watching somebody who really loves to play football play football, or you watch the person who knows how to fix things, make things come together, or you watch the person who counsels. Now, why am I saying this? Everybody, please keep this in mind. So keep, let's build a list. I want you to write down in your notes, what is the one thing that you can do without seemingly effort? It's, an in, it's indicative of grace. What has God given you? There's something about you. Now, why am I saying it? There's something you can do that it's seeming. Everybody else will look at it and think that this is really hard. But when you come and do it, it's literally with grace. I watch my, I'm using my wife as an example and her artwork. It's amazing. I can't do that. Please remember the first thing about, the second thing about achievement that I want you to remember is this. God's blessed you. He's already given you a gift or a skill. Um, let me wrap that up with another scripture so that you, I'm coming to your career. <laughs> Can this be your career? Great question. Now, when your career and your gift combine, that means they will pay you for what you actually would do for free. Sometimes. So sometimes the two are pretty much one. Um, you can find yourself. So like for me, I'm doing what I enjoy. This is, this is what I enjoy. I could sit here and teach the Bible and I would do it with or without re remuneration. But at other times, I remember when I was working in IT and I'm good at IT. I enjoy it, but I am not brilliant at IT. There's a difference. I'm good and I can learn. In IT, I learned skills, so I learned those skills and it was my career. But what am I good at is the ability to encourage and motivate other people, the ability to 
break something down into small forms and make it understandable. That's what I'm, and that's what I do, irrespective of where I was, whether I was playing basketball, whether I was doing IT. And so what you begin to realize is, can this be your career? It can become it. Yes, it can. But it may not start out as it. But your gifts and your skills will show up in what you do day to day. But eventually, one, uh, all right, the questions are coming in. What if your gift is not as obvious? How do you discover it? I'm coming to that, okay? <laughs> I'm going to come to that. How do you discover it? I will tell you. Um, all right, let me actually, let me answer that question as well. To answer the second question is, what if your gift is not as obvious? How do you discover it? This is key. The discovery of the presence or absence of a gift is focusing on what happens regularly. So you're focusing on what is there, not what is not there. And I'll give you an example. And I'll give you an example from the Bible. Ephesians chapter 4. Wow. Sorry, I'm beginning to, I'm, I'm really beginning to, enjoy. Ephesians chapter four, and I'm going to read from verse seven. Um, the Bible says the following. I'm going to read four. So how do you identify whether or not there's a gift there? This is it. The Bible says this, but to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I'll read, I'll keep reading. Therefore, he says, when he ascends up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same also who ascended far up into all heavens that he might fill all things. Effectively, Jesus that went to hell has risen to heaven and he fills all things. Verse 11, the Bible says, and truly he gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists some to be pastors and some to be teachers now so this is key when you want to identify your gifts you're focusing on what is present so let's use an example the bible says that everybody has been given a measure of grace according to the gift that Jesus Christ has given you. So there are five gifts, there are five ministry gifts. One is an, so they're listed as follows. You've got apostle, you have prophet, you have evangelist, you have pastor and teacher. But how do you identify them? So you focus on what is present. So let's have a look. Number one, how do you identify, um, how do you identify whether or not there's an apostolic gift there? And I'll give you an example. Somebody who has an apostolic gift in the simplest form organizes things. They're the kind of person that will come to your house and rearrange your food in date order, whether they live there or not. So they naturally put things in order. It's, it's, it's a tendency for them. So you realize, so you are an arranger. Do you, so if this describes you, you're an arranger. So you put things in order. Notice the second person there, you've got apostle, then you've got, um, let me get to the list. Yes. The second person there is a prophet. How do you, what's the gift of a prophet? The person you just can't lie to. They have the ability to pick up things that are spoken or unspoken. Then you've got the evangelist. Now the evangelist is very interesting. I don't know whether you know the person, I may not be describing you, but I'm going to describe one of your friends. The kind of person who can encourage you to leave London to go to Leeds for a party on half a tank of petrol and everybody goes. That's the kind of person that an evangelist is. The, the gift is already present and I'll, I'll explain why I'm saying this. Then you've got the fourth person there and that is the pastor. The pastor, what is the natural tendency? The person who organizes people into teams. They're the ones who make sure that people arrive in teams. So let's say a party wants to be organized. The person will make sure someone does the music, you do the drinks, you do this, you make sure we, that, that you know, there's, some, there's security. You, they 
naturally organize people into teams to do what they do well. It's a natural pastoral tendency. And the final person is the teacher. The teacher is a person that you don't want to go to the cinema with. They are the person who always has an explanation. They're always, they always have an ability to explain things simply. And they're the person that ruins a film because they always tell you what's going to happen at the beginning, from the beginning at the end. Notice, these are tendencies that are already present. The Bible says they are indicative of grace. And I'll use myself as an example and then I'll move on. On my school reports, there were two things. The that they used to say, would do better if he did his own work. And number two, talks a lot. I naturally, I got very restless in class but I always found expression or I found comfort teaching somebody else what the teacher had explained because I'd already worked it out and I was a nightmare to teach. But what it is is, um, I'll come to your, your question in a moment. What it is is the natural tendency of what I do now was already present even before I was saved the ability to talk and the ability to explain to others, even when I didn't really understand it. What am I saying? How do you identify if your gift is there, even if it's not obvious? Identify what you can do, quote unquote, without effort. It is indicative of grace, no matter how small it may be. And it's something, it may be ordinary, you're naturally good with money. You're naturally good with people. You're, you, are, you have the ability to cook. You're, you're a natural encourager. You can't walk past somebody who needs encouragement. Notice what is present, not what is absent. That, I hope that helps. And remember, you always have the Holy Spirit to ask if you really, if you need guidance. I hope that helps. So that's how you identify if your gift is not obvious. You look at what is present. Where does the grace point me to? It is indicative of this is what you are gifted for. Great question. Um, can an apostle then be a pastor as they seem to have similar traits? Okay. You'll notice the apostle, the person of an apostle can flow in all five gifts. They are naturally like they're pioneers. They are foundational people. So you'll find that they're, all five of the gifts will flow within the person and character of an apostle. So you'll find that you'll, so if you want to look at somebody who's an apostle, it's somebody who builds, who builds. So you can look at Jesus Christ. He flowed in all five, all five of the ministries. So can they be? Yes, they can. They can. An apostle definitely can be a pastor. Actually, to be honest, you've got a really, really good example. And I say this humbly, um, Pastor Aguiruku. Take a look at Pastor Aguilucu's life and ministry, and you'll understand that the role of a pastor who is an apostle. So you can you have a live example, um, and so we'll go from there. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, because of time, I'm going to skip forward. Okay, hope that helps. All right, second thing I want you to remember. So remember, we're talking about achievement. Number one, you've been blessed. So the second thing is this. Going back to our base scripture, Genesis 1, verse 28, the Bible says, and God said unto them. Now, I want to bring this out really simply. The second strand of achievement is not your actions, but the words God has spoken. Now, the reason I say this is, please understand me. The strength of the word of God. To, uh, um, uh, my favorite scripture is Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. It's my, my favorite scripture, one of my favorites. But today, I would like to point you to a different one. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4. And I'm going to, I'll read it. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4. Um, let me pull it up. The Bible says the following. Now, this is, this is um, well, remember, we're talking about achievement or building something. The Bible says the following. Through wisdom, a house is built. 
and by understanding it is established and by knowledge shall the, the room shall be filled with all precious and pleasant riches so the bible says three things are key when you want to build something wisdom knowledge and understanding wisdom knowledge and understanding why did i say that the word of god also referred to as our lord and savior jesus christ is our source of wisdom knowledge and understanding because ladies and gentlemen and we spoke about this last week remember the power of your word when you speak god's word in faith and confidence it will create an environment for what you are attempting to come to pass notice the second thing god gave man he gave him he gives him you could call it a purpose but the next thing he gives him is his word the word of god because the word of god is how god creates things and that means when the word of god is in your mouth when the word of god is spoken by you in faith there are too many examples for, for today's lesson but that governs how things happen it creates an environment for your actions to become successful and so ladies and gentlemen please remember the second thing you have to discover when you want to achieve anything find where the bible speaks about it but just to drive this home um i'm going to read proverbs 24 verses 3 to 4 and i'm going to read it from the amplified bible the amplified classic um, and i'll read proverbs 24 verses 3 to 4 the bible says through skillful and godly wisdom is a house a life a home a family built and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation and by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches ladies and gentlemen please remember what i said that means if you want to build anything wisdom knowledge and understanding have to be in what you do and they come from the word of god i could go all over the bible but please remember let tie that to my favorite scripture acts chapter one not um, joshua chapter one verse eight where the bible says this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth but you should meditate therein day and night so that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success so ladies and gentlemen notice before god asks you to do anything he wants you to speak it into reality okay speak his word so that's the second thing the second strat number three about achievement the third thing about achievement, the Lord says to, going with our scripture, Genesis 1.28, the third thing about achievement, the Bible says, be fruitful. Um, be fruitful. That means, oh, this is going to be fun. Be fruitful. Let's think of a seed. If you put a seed in the right environment, the pre-programming that is in the seed will produce the plant you're looking for. And so the Bible says, be fruitful. So what does it mean about be fruitful when he's speaking about you and I? That means the real you. God has designed you to make the difference that he wants to in any particular situation or circumstance. So you've got to realize when God wants something to happen, he will send you. Turn your Bibles, please, to one of the most famous Psalms, and let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23 is six verses. 
It's a lovely piece of information. Um, the Bible says the following. Um, I'm reading from the modern King James. Jehovah is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He then, the Bible says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Verses four to six are really important. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's pause for a moment. Notice, the Bible says the Lord is your shepherd. He leads you. The Bible says he restores your soul. That means he makes sure you, you are exactly what he wants you to be. But the verse I want you to focus on is verse 3. Um, verse four. Uh, yes, verse three. Sorry, verse three. The Bible says he restores my soul. That means he makes you the person he wants you to be. But then he says he leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Please hear me well. When the Bible says God leads you, notice what happens next. When God wants to make a difference, you will be his vehicle into a circumstance or a situation that he wants to make a difference in. So the Bible says the Lord leads you what? In paths of righteousness for his namesake. So he will cause you to get a job. He will cause you to find a job somewhere. He will cause you to become something. He will plant you in a situation where th through you, he will step into that situation and make it a lot better. He says, be fruitful. Let the you that God has designed come out. Now, let me put it in context. Um, let me put it in context. That means even though you may face a challenge, God has sent you there to make a difference. Notice, turning your Bibles, please, to Hebrews 13, verse 15. So what does it mean to be fruitful? I'll, I'll use this as an example as to break it down and then I'll move on. Um, Hebrews verse 13, and I'm going, Hebrews, yes, verse 13, and I'm going to read verse 15. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge, confess, and glorify his name. Ladies and gentlemen, let me put it in, in context. That means God will place you in a place where he wants his word spoken, even if it's sacrificially. I'll give you an example. He will, when he wants encouragement to be placed into the life of a person, he will send someone like you who knows him. And you will be the person who will be able to speak into that person's life just to let them know, you know what? God will come through for you. And I'll give you an example about being fruitful. Um, there are six things. Two years ago, I went to go and get a flu jab. And this is what, remember, and the Bible says, the fruit of your lips, the things you say, that's fruit. I went to go and get a flu jab. Simple example. I went to go and get a flu jab and the lovely um, pharmacist, the pharmacist gentleman, um, and this is what happens to me a lot. He began to talk to me. Um, I, I think he was trying to calm me down. I, I'm not particularly afraid of needles, but he just began to talk to me. Like, How are you? How are things going? And he said, and I, and I, and I said, I'm fine, thank you. And he decides to tell me about his plans. He said, oh, by the way, I'm getting married in about three or four months and it's been tough. Trying to arrange a wedding is tough. Are you married? I said, yes, I am. I said, it was wonderful. And I said, it has been wonderful for the last X number of years. And he said, oh, and he was saying, you know, it's really tough and it's really difficult. And he, then he gave me the flu jab. I didn't scream and shout, but then something happened. As I was going, and he, he's lovely Asian gentleman. As I was going, there's a phrase that 
I say, auto, it, it, it's almost automatically. So I turned around, picked up the leaflet he was giving me, and I said, you know what? God will be kind to you. And I said, things will work out. And he smiled, and I left. Six months later, I go back to the same pharmacy. He's a locum pharmacist. And he sees me in a line and he begins to become agitated. The way things work out, he serves me. So I get in front of him and he then points his finger across the counter. He says, I told my wife about you. I told my wife about you. And I'm thinking, what did I do? I just came in to get what? Some, some, uh, something across the counter. And then he said something. He said, from the time you said everything will be all right. The plans concerning my wedding changed. I've never forgot that example. God will put you in places where he wants his word spoken. Be fruitful. Now listen carefully. When you are looking at plans and purposes and what God wants you to achieve, Remember, God puts you there for a reason. The things that are, you are passionate about, the things you have gone through, the things that you can confidently say God has brought you through, the things that you have been trained for, the things that you are now full of, that is what God wants you to grab a hold of and build your dreams around. I could give you many secular examples, but I hope I've explained my point. Be fruitful. That means let God come out of your mouth with the, through the lens of who you are, your natural personality and character. Be fruitful. Okay? I'm going to keep going um, because of time. The next thing that God says is multiply. Now, this is something else I want you to remember. The term multiply. Multiply. So. The first instruction is be fruitful. That's concerning you. But then multiply is always concerning somebody else. And I'll explain what I mean. Multiply is when you cause somebody else to be fruitful. So the next thing that God wants you to do when you're talking about achievement is focus on the problem that you cannot ignore. Focus on a problem that you cannot ignore. Focus on the problem. To, to use a phrase, the problem you have been designed to solve. Now, that may be by virtue of your experience, your training, your passion, your challenges. There is a problem that you have been designed to solve. Now, I'll explain what I mean. Your life will make sense when you identify that problem. And I'm going to give you a very quick um, history lesson. I'm going to give you the, 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 the verse I'm going to use. And I'm only going to read the, um, the first part. This is in the book of Exodus 25. Exodus 25. I'm going to read from verse 1. Um, this is eight verses of scripture. And I'll explain how, what I mean. And Jehovah spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel that they bring me an offering. You shall take an offering from every man that gives it willingly with his heart. And this is the offering you shall take of them. Gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and bleached linen and goat's hair and rams dyed, ram skins dyed red and dugon skins and acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense, oink stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breast pocket. And then listen carefully. God gives... Moses, a task he cannot achieve. And the Bible says, and let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. Go with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Exodus 32. Uh, I'll go to 30, 31. We're going to combine them together from verse one. And Jehovah spoke to Moses saying, behold, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of her of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God. There's the pattern. Notice God blessed him in wisdom and in understanding 
and in knowledge. There's the three things that we talk about, about achievement. Then the Bible says, and in all workmanship to devise designs, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones to set them, to set them and in the carving of timber to work in all workmanship. That's Exodus 31, one to five. What am I saying? Ladies and gentlemen, notice, Bezalel was a frustrated man until Moses had the task that he couldn't fulfill. And Bezalel realized, this is the problem I have been sent to solve. What am I saying? Multiply, cause somebody else to become fruitful. Achievement, hear me well, will solve a problem for somebody else. Moses had a problem he couldn't solve alone. Bezalel had been what? Fixing spoons, fixing spears, fixing stores. He wasn't necessarily a soldier. He wasn't like Joshua. He wasn't like any of the priests. He would have gone through life with a gift he couldn't express. Until Moses is given a task he cannot fulfill himself. And then all of a sudden, Bezalel's life makes sense. Hear me well. And this is my prayer for you. That may God cause you to come in contact with the problem that he has designed you to solve. Bezalel's life made sense when he connected with the problem God had given the person he was following. And ladies and gentlemen, why am I saying it? Identify the problem that you have been designed to solve. When you think about this, so don't attempt everything. Everybody, you can do many great things. Don't jump on the bandwagon. That everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. Focus on the problem that you have been designed to solve. And the reason I say so is this. Notice, Bezalel's life made sense when Moses had a problem he couldn't solve, but Bezalel could solve it. And that is key in achievement. Multiply, cause somebody else to be fruitful. Everybody who is successfully, who has achieved something and is wealthy around it, solves a problem. What is the problem God has put in front of you? I'll keep going. Um, replenish the earth. Now, when we say replenish the earth, the, the replenish means to replace what is missing. Okay? To replace what is missing. That means whenever you're thinking about achieving something, remember, you're there to replace something in somebody's life that is missing. And the one thing that's missing in everybody's life is, that, is an expression of the Almighty God. That means what God has placed in your heart and in your mind, in your skills and in your abilities, is Him getting into the life of somebody else. And what do I want to say? Turning your Bibles, please, to a Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 21. Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 21, because I want to close out. I've only got about three minutes. So I'll close out with this scripture. The book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21. And I'm going to read. I'll read carefully. Replace what is missing. And what is missing is God. Now I'm going to read all the way through to verse 21. Um, I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, modern King James. The Bible says, for this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. There's the blessing again. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Please remember what I'm about to say. What is missing in anybody's life is God expressed through the lens of your creativity, your skill, your training, your passion, or your burden. 
the Bible says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And verse 20 is key. The Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What's the point? It's this. Whenever you're going to achieve something, okay? Whenever you're going to achieve something, please remember, give it to God first. Let him fill you with himself. And what you then attempt will be what he wants to come to pass and not what a man wants to come to pass. The difference will be quite remarkable. That means out of a really challenging situation, God will cause genius to come and show up. Out of a challenging situation, his genius will come. And that means allow God to express himself through you, through your books, through your, through your skills, your gifts, your creativity. It will change somebody's life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's eight o'clock, so I'll just say this and then we will pray and close. The last thing that God says is subdue it. And I'll say this in a simple phrase. No matter what you are present, what God, what, what you're going to achieve, no matter what it is, remember, you will always have to overcome obstacles. To put it in a phrase, please remember, let me use Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The Bible speaks about Jesus, and that's where we will close. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are also surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me read verse three. For consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember, no matter what you are going to attempt, you are going to have to overcome obstacles. Look at the scriptures we read before. The key element is God will be with you so that no matter what you face, you will be able to overcome. But do not freak out when you are confronted with a nightmare situation because candles work the best when it's dark. And so that's key. You will have to overcome challenges. Subdue, that's the word God used. The last thing that I'll say as I close, and this is the closing phrase, is have dominion. Ladies and gentlemen, have dominion means God will show up in your stead. And I'll use Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 11 and 14. Please just write that down. Ecclesiastes 3, 11 and 14. And this is the last phrase I'll say. Ladies and gentlemen, failure will only become a reality if you decide to stop. The Bible says, whatsoever God does, it is forever. Nothing can be put to it and nothing can be taken from it. And God does it so that men will fear before him. Please remember, what is dominion? God will show up on your behalf and what you are attempting will be completed. In failure will only happen if you decide to stop because God will enable you to succeed. And so I pray for you today. I pray, Father Almighty God, that as we've gone on a journey through your word, that your people will always be able to, Father, achieve the goals, dreams, and aspirations that you have set for them, making the world around them a much better place. My Father and my God, we give you thanks, praise, 
honor and glory. In Jesus's most holy name, we have prayed. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions, please send them to the communications team and God will be kind. I hope you enjoyed it this evening. God bless you. 